Welcome to the Football Podcast. This is your host, Mr. Number Nine. And this is the Fool. Hello, Fool, and everybody else who listens to us. I hope you all had a nice and safe uh, holiday period. And uh, if you're back at work, you're not having too busy or a grindy time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I hope everybody did have a good holiday break. Um, we're able to get away a little bit wherever they were, and, and as much as they could where they were. Uh, but yeah, I'm being back at work this week, so it's been a the first week back has been a bit crazy. It's been good. That's good. So I hope everybody else had the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So we had like an explosive fixture list, and then some interesting results coming in the last week as well. Yeah. So the Premier League is heating up. It looked like it was super unpredictable before, and it's possibly even even more unpredictable now. Well, it's 11 points covering the top 10, which is starting to spread a little bit in the last couple of weeks, good match days. Yeah. But still, that's pretty pretty tight for the top, the top 10, really. I mean, there's a few games in hand floating around in there, which will stretch things out a bit more but which will make a big difference probably but it's still six points for the top mm. six top seven we'll say top six because west ham's on 19 had 19 games and everton's had 17 so you know that's that's not a lot of drop points difference there and that whole Absolutely. thing can change like i think goal difference looks like it's going to be a, a big factor this year it's going to be a huge factor, um, which is why even though technically United with the game in hand are in pole position and they were top of the table after the Christmas fixtures, uh, I'm not too yeah. uh, optimistic about them because uh, they have a terrible defense and they don't score many goals. So all their victories so far have been very close. They are managing a, a plus 10 goal differential, so you know it's not, not horrendous. Not too bad, but it's the lowest in the uh, top five. And Everton have a game in hand, with, and they're only three goals behind. That being said, the fixtures coming up get to be a bit more um, lenient now for Manchester United. They've, fa- they've just faced Liverpool. Next up, they've got Fulham to play, uh, and they've got Sheffield United as well. Yeah, so that's... Um, so two- Two bottom t- table teams, and then they've got a match against Arsenal. Look, Arsenal are not at their best this season. Um, I think every I'm not being unkind to Arsenal fans no, no. by saying that, but I thought I think United are uh, expecting to do well against Arsenal. Um, end of the month fixture in yeah. January, so I I think United have a pretty um, I won't say easy schedule, but there are. There are points on offer there. They yeah. shouldn't uh, afraid. They should be going for the, the kill and trying to uh, kill off the rest of the competition. Um, yeah. Leicester are another team that have basically had had a tough part of their uh, schedule go through, and they're a point ahead of United, and they've got a better goal difference. But United do have a game in hand. Yeah. Um, and looking at Leicester's fixtures coming up as well. They have Everton first. Everton next. Everton first, which is going to be the, a tough game yeah. um, because I think, as we all mentioned, we think Everton are a pretty good side this season. Yeah, yeah. And then they start going into the February fixtures. So United will have 
played three games and Leicester will have played one. Yeah. So at, I think it's better to have the points in hand than to have the games in hand. Yes. So if United can at least get two wins and a draw even against Arsenal, that'll put them in a very advantageous position against Leicester. Yes. Um, but Liverpool and Manchester United drawing in their last game has probably really helped Manchester City. This is the team to beat now. Yeah. I think they're in the actual pole position. They've with they've got two games in hand on Leicester and one game uh, behind Ma- and, uh, Manchester United and, um, on 35 points versus 37 and 38. And if you look at their fixture list, it is almost a dream fixture list for them. Yep. They've had the r- rough part of their season. Now, playing West Brom and Sheffield United, like both City and United are going to do that. But I will point out that these teams are now battling for relegation. Yeah, yeah. So you don't want to uh, necessarily take it for granted that you're going to win. And they also have Burnley and the February before they face uh, Liverpool. So their next three games are all yeah. winnable games. Um, before they face like an old rival, um, and also I don't think yeah, City exactly. should be afraid of Liverpool at the moment. Like City have, uh, no. I think have shown a bit more tactical nous. Yeah, Liverpool. Well, City have won their last five. Well, Liverpool only won has only won one of their last five, drawn three and lost one. Um, so yeah, Liverpool. We'll talk about teams in a bit of a slump later on, I'm sure. But Liverpool are, are another one that are having a bit of a mini. Mini yeah. slump for the Christmas period. Yeah, and also the flip side of that is City are still in the Champions League and City are still in the Carabao Cup yeah. and the, that fixture list is going to get crowded for City as the season progresses. Yeah. United are already out of the Carabao Cup. Um, yes, they're in the Europa League, but you know, um, I they're going to play Liverpool. If they don't win uh, in the FA Cup uh, this month, if they don't win that game, then that's also going to be uh, that's going to be them out of the cups fully, and really only have the Premiership to focus on. Um, whether that means yeah. they'll do enough to win is a completely different question. But that's <laughs> uh, you know that that can play to their advantage. Um, Liverpool yes. have a game against Burnley next, which once again winnable. But Burnley, this is the time of the year they get tough. They start defending well. They start sneaking in points against top sides and beating their fellow relegation strugglers. And then they've got a game against Spurs. And Spurs are a good side this season. Mourinho is not afraid of yes. Liverpool. He's at home. He's going to be playing hard. And before their fixture against City in the 7th of Feb, uh, Liverpool have Brighton and they have West Ham. Neither of those, well, yes, Brighton are struggling for relegation. They're also, this time of year, tend to start picking up their game and start getting the points they need to avoid relegation. And West Ham are competing for a top six position, at least. I think yeah. as a, I think they'd be fairly disappointed if they didn't make the Europa League this year. Yeah, exactly. Because I suspect City will win the Carabao Cup. And yeah. I think the uh, FA Cup is most likely going to go to one of the top four teams that have won. Fairly consistently that over the last few years, so it seems yeah. likely. So now the question here is, 
Will uh, West Ham finish on top of Chelsea and be the second best London club this season? No, I don't know. Because I'm just going to count Arsenal yeah. out of the top, even the top three London clubs now. Come on, Arsenal. Like, <laughs> they might even fall behind Crystal Palace. That is, I, that is a possibility, but I think Arsenal perhaps have turned this season. They seem to be turning this season around enough now. I hope that so. I think um, they'll avoid that sort of um, disgrace. Mm. But yeah, uh, Chelsea, I don't know. We've definitely gone through a, a bit of a yeah, slump. Yeah. As, and I say slump, I actually mean ran off the side of a cliff by about 50 metres before noticing there was a down. Chelsea need to be extremely careful because they're, they're not yeah. guaranteed not to be relegated and finishing outside all the, uh, Euro the European spots and not winning a cup is going to put a lot of financial pressure on Roman Abramovich. Um, yeah. Roman Abramovich has been a great owner for Chelsea. He's put in the money, he's invested in the club, um, all that stuff. I'm not for a moment, you know, speaking against his him from an ownership capacity, but if he does, if he has an, another season where without European football, it could be tough for him. Yeah, I, I would suspect if this form continues, Lampard will be out, and they'll find a way to, to they'll get, get something out of retirement. Um, yeah, and just like just do it again, guess you can do it. <laughs> But yeah, the thing is, I look at it and say all the things we said pre-Christmas when we were looking at saying, well, Chelsea had a bit of a form slump, but they're starting to kick out of it and they'll be fine and they'll go through. I mean, the players are still there. They've still got world-class players. Everything's still there. There's no... And most Lampard is not a, you know, top coach as such yet. I think there's enough... I've seen enough to say that that's just a matter of time. And maybe that is time away from Chelsea and back again. I don't know. Um, but I look and say, this is, I think the saying is, you mm. know, form comes and goes, class is forever. I, I still have faith that Chelsea has enough class in there to pull it back this season. I think, I mean, we're only nine points. Is it? Yeah, nine points behind. I mean, it is behind Leicester. I mean, We've got we're on the 19 games as well, so it's that may stretch out with City and United playing and Liverpool and Tottenham everybody. But yeah, and as you say, we've got the we've got do have points there, so it, it doesn't take a lot of turning true. around. Uh, it's just that I think the teams above Chelsea, like Spurs, have a game mm. like next of their two. The next three games they have include a game against Liverpool and a game against Chelsea. But the flip side of that is it's almost six. It's almost four weeks for these three games, so they'll be well rested in between games. And I think um, they're going to be a tough opponent to face. And if they get these out of the way, then Spurs can start bullying the weaker teams again. I, I do look at Chelsea's fixture list, and it's. Not too bad. I mean, we've got Wolves in a week's time, then Burnley, then Spurs, then Sheffield United, Newcastle, Southampton, before the end of February is, is United and Everton. Um, well, Everton's beginning of March, but... It's less, the, it's less the people they're facing, but I think Chelsea has a very crowded fixture list that... They're playing a lot of games before they. I think they play like a relatively fresh Spurs and a relatively fresh 
Manchester United. It is mostly week on week. Uh, I suppose Spurs, that's five days since Burnley, since hosting Burnley. So that's the Burnley one is in the middle there. So it is Wolves on the 28th and Burnley on the 31st with the FA Cup against Luton Town on the 25th. So that is a bit congested, but it's I think getting to Spurs is not so bad. Um, looking at that, I would say that the question there is Burnley and ensuring that we have, we're have we able to get a result out of Burnley at home but still have the gas for when we go to Tottenham. That's that's going to be a balancing act there. It is five days, so that's a reasonable amount of downtime between those two. Not perfect, not Spurs level, you know, was seven or so days. But, you know, it's just making sure we get those result, those two results at, from Wolves and Burnley, really. And Spurs almost have this really nice warm-up against Wickham Wanderers before <laughs> they play uh, Chelsea. And they have a game against Brighton and Hove Albion a couple of days before they play Chelsea. I mean, you're right. It's not that uncrowded, but uh, it's more crowded. It's, it could be kind. the The schedule could have been kinder to Chelsea at this point of the season. Yeah. Yes, I think um, we go back a little bit and and look at there. It's been a, a fairly crowded the Christmas, New Year's, and then coming through January into February has been crowded and crowded in not a good way. Not with easy. You know, it's it's they just had they had Leicester and and Man City within you know a couple of weeks. I mean, it was Fulham in between, but yeah. There is a potential that if uh, United do beat Arsenal and the the week after they'll have momentum and they could potentially beat Southampton who seem to have lost a bit of form uh, a, a little bit yeah. since the Christmas fixtures and they could also and then they'd be facing Everton who are also a team United could beat because it's at home and if they're on momentum they're on momentum and then they've got West Brom and Newcastle so you know, in theory, they could be facing a United team that's just won seven in a row, which would be a very tough ask to yeah. oh, no, play I'm, against. I'm pretty sure I would take United's um, fixture list, really. That's a really nice one. But yeah, it's just, it is what it is almost. But I feel like it's it's not it's not the best, but it's not the worst it could possibly be. So it's just a matter of, we've got the games there. I think a bit of it is that the games are there and the players have a few chances to go out and actually get themselves sorted as well. Mm. I think all of the all of the guys who are hopeful of competing for the title, like they have they have some very key fixtures before the like you know after uh, leading up to the first week of March. Like yes. Liverpool have Tottenham at the end of this month, and then they have. Uh, City on the seventh, and then they play Leicester like a week later. So that's um, definitely going to be like their key part of the season. How many points they can scrape through in that era, uh, in that point. But they also have like a UEFA Cup. You know, they've also got a uh, UEFA Champions League fixture against uh, um, Leipzig right after playing Leicester City, and then they play like the Merseyside derby against Everton. So it doesn't really let up for them. But then it eases out to games against um, Sheffield United and Fulham, assuming these two teams have basically given up at that point, which they might not have. They might might be like they might be grinding out and be banana peel potential banana peels. Similarly, Spurs have 
the uh, next month facing Chelsea, obviously, facing Liverpool at the end of this month. And then, as we mentioned before, and they've got their Europa League fixture against Wolfsburg, which is going to be a not difficult, not easy game. And then they're facing West Ham uh, and Wolfsburg again. So once again, this is like another key fixture list for them yeah, yeah. where they kind of have to get February. Like this, the next six weeks are going to be crucial in figuring out how like this is where the gap is going to start opening i, I think, think i agree as well i think like for christmas we looked at it and said this is not christmas is traditionally is the bit where you start sorting out the teams into mm. the contenders and pretenders and yeah. it's done a little bit but we, i think we said that it wasn't really going to yeah. be too... when manchester united ended up top of the table after the fix, christmas fixtures yeah. we're like no no there's still pretenders around the yeah, top. Yeah. It, it hasn't <laughs> really sorted itself out but i think i, I agree with you this time that yeah if we get once we get through February, so the next so yeah. next six weeks through the end of February, I think yeah. there will be definite. These are the contenders, and these are the people fighting for fourth, and these are the ones that are now outside. And the only advantage I think United have leading up to those fixtures is they get uh, they've got a tough back to back week. The twenty eighth of Feb they play Chelsea, and then seventh March they play Manchester City. Mm. But everywhere else, their tough games are like gapped, if that makes sense. So yeah, they've yeah. got Fulham, Sheffield United, and then Arsenal, and they should be getting some momentum going into that uh, game against Arsenal, and yeah, then yeah. Sheffield United, Everton, who are going to be tough, but you know they should have some momentum going into that game, and then yeah, West yeah. Brom, Newcastle, and then Chelsea, like so. And by the time they face West Ham mid March, they might it might not be that crucial a fixture anymore. But we'll see. Whereas everybody else seems to have a very crowded, tough schedule of tough games, and a lot of that is because they have they have Europa games and they have Carabao Cup games, which United don't have to deal with. They do have a very tough fixture uh, against Real Sociedad. Um, They've gone to Basque Country before and lost over two legs uh, against Atletico Bilbao a few years ago. I don't know. The, is it such a bad thing for United to lose to the in the Europa League? It clears up their schedule. Um, I don't. Um, but I always think United should aim to win the Europa League because you're never guaranteed a top four spot. Yeah, yeah. In the Premiership, like you should. Um, they shouldn't take Champions League football for granted. And at the very least, it's another trophy. You can add to the collection. Yes, of course. And they're out of the Carabao Cup. Um, yeah. If they lose to Liverpool on the 25th in that FA Cup fixture, which I don't know how Liverpool are going to approach that fixture, uh, then it might be even easier for them. To uh, United, I think, have the easiest run-up, um, followed probably by Leicester, who... Yeah. Um, I'm not underestimating their run-up, but they've faced a lot of their good sides. They've got Everton next in the Premiership before they get Leeds, and then Fulham, and then West Ham. All teams that I think Leicester have shown like the ability to beat, and they should beat them this yeah. season, before they face Liverpool, and then they go to Aston Villa and Arsenal. Like All these, sure, Wolves and Arson Aston Villa are, you know, derby games for Leicester, um, and Leeds have played well this season as much as I hate to say it but at the moment they only have a one game against a fellow top four team coming in till they get to April so 
Leicester actually, uh, actually, Leicester might have the better schedule than United. To yeah. be fair, actually, just looking at it as a total, Leicester's schedule is pretty good. I mean, yeah. they their schedule is pretty good. Everything gets sort of nicely mm. paced out, except the last three weeks where they of the whole season where they faced United, Chelsea, and Tottenham in the last three weeks. So. Mm. Well, so that is days. their key fixtures, I guess. Yeah. If, and it could come down to that, like how Leicester doing those fixtures might decide the top four at that point. Well, the, the, those could definitely all be the deciding, you know, you get that point, and that's, those are the games Leicester needs to get something out of to keep their, you know, quite likely they'll be at the top, could be at the top mm. throughout all the way up to that, with the others breathing on the neck. And those are the mm. games, you know, need to win this game, need to win this game, need to win this game. So they may have come to three big games at the end, all of which are going to be title deciding almost. Um, yeah. You know, they say who who gets where and what. That's fairly um, exciting, actually, for the end of the season for Leicester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, May is going to be, like, uh, an incredible uh, month of football. Uh, oh, is Definitely. Just before the uh, European Cup uh, oh, yeah. starts. Now, if we look at the reverse side of things in the relegation battle, um, Sheffield United are still bottom. Um, I think that yeah, and their fixture list just does not get any easier here. I can't see them. I feel unfortunately they're going to be back in the championship next season, but I can see them winning next season and coming straight back yeah. up again. Uh, I hope they don't get rid of their manager, even if they do get relegated. Uh, I feel like um, he can bring them back up. Yeah, I think at this point, you can just almost guarantee that they're relegated. They've got five points from their mm. 19 games. They're six points behind West Brom, who's next. They're 11 points from safety. Um, yep. If they save this somehow, that is the, the greatest of all great escapes. I think that's greater than... Any others? Eleven points. Um, at this I point. agree. If they were to not get relegated from this point, it would be uh, the greatest, greatest game. Yeah. Um, and the next two games are for them are diabolical. Man United and Man City. So they go to Manchester twice in what yeah. four days, three days. Yeah, that's yeah, that's not. And I think. And I think, unfortunately for West Brom, they're not in a better position. They need their opponents above them to stumble. Um, and yeah. the direct opponents right ahead of them, Burnley and Fulham, have two games in hand, um, which is going to play a huge role. And they have a much better goal difference than West Brom. I, no, I think uh, yeah. I think you can. We can just put R beside. Sheffield United and West Brom, they're both going down. There's, I think even for, the only thing Fulham's got going for them is the two games in hand. Um, and one of those games is against Burnley. So yeah. they and they also so basically this month Fulham face both Burnley and Brighton, who are right ahead of them, ah. and West Brom, which Albion. So which is why I kind of like them to stay up because I feel like they can get a majority of points on offer from those next three games, other than the United game, which I do think they're going to lose. Yeah. Um, okay, my apologies. They are playing uh, Burnley in the FA Cup, um, not no. the Premiership, but no. they're playing Brighton, who are uh, a point ahead, but have, like, you know, they're two games behind them, and they could leapfrog over Brighton by be winning that game. Um, yeah. And then they've got a game against 
West Brom. Um, after that, they're playing City and then uh, local rivals, West Ham. But it's like none of the relegation teams have a good schedule. Like, no, no. Um, and I feel like there are points on offer and a game against West Ham is a game that Fulham traditionally wins. Like West yeah. Ham seems to banana peel that game a lot. Um, <laughs> and as much as I hate to say it, um, they tend to give the banana peel treatment to Chelsea as well, it seems. <laughs> Does seem. Um, they might beat other teams, but those are the twos that they seem to not lose to. Like they'll get bullied by Arsenal and Spurs. And maybe even Crystal Palace um, yeah. amongst their London, you know, their London brothers, but they yeah. don't get bullied by their the guys who are local in their area, Chelsea yeah. and West Ham. We did manage to beat Fulham, um, mm. not prettily, and it did almost require Fulham to lose go down the ten players, and yeah. then it was even then it wasn't a comprehensive sort of win. It was near the end when yeah. Mason Mount finally decided was able to give us the game. And then Werner yeah. missing a, a sitter to put it beyond doubt, and thus having to deal with extra time headaches whilst Fulham tried to steal a draw. But luckily, we managed to keep it. So. Yeah, well, the only reason I'm sticking to Fulham to survive is they've got the two games in hand, and I do think Burnley will survive. So um, you're picking Brighton to. Got, uh, um, I don't know. Brighton and Newcastle are both relegation fodder to me. Newcastle um, has got... I, I feel like looking at the it... Newcastle have a bunch of games where they could easily lose the yeah. plot. And um, any ga- any club that has like ownership issues, I'm always a bit wary of. Actually, you make a good point uh, When on it that. comes to rele- relegation time. I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination that I think Newcastle will get relegated. I'm just... I am worried for them. Is all I'm like, mm. uh, like you guys need to be careful, like you know. Yeah, yeah. It's looking at it. The last game for Fulham and Newcastle of the season is against each other. So Newcastle goes to Fulham on the last day. So mm. it is. And possible that could end up being a decider game. That that could be the third place or the third relegation mm. spot right there. Um. But yeah, just looking but at I it, I think it's... of the teams, Brighton are in the worst position. Especially yeah. if they lose to Fulham in the fixture coming up in a couple yes. of weeks. I think that that's, Brighton needs to win that. But the only thing I'd give them is that they do have the points on the board. Um, yes. I mean, that is, it, they're five points out of relegation. I'm sure that you say they're two games ahead, but mm. which is, you know, that's not those five points. But the points are in the bag. Um, yep, yep, exactly. I mean, they only have to really worry about the ones below them, Newcastle. So, if, you know, everybody's focus for those sort of Newcastle to the Fulham can be reasonably straight ahead. They know what they need to do. So I feel like with Brighton having the points, and as you say, this is a point in the year where they traditionally start to stiffen up and, and mm. scrape together the right amount of points because, you know, they've been here, done that. They know. They know the relegation yeah. battle. They know where they can pick Brighton's those points. So. Only upside is they have been here, done that before. They do have the best. Um, they do have the best goal differential as well. It's only minus seven. Yes. Um, so that's you know that's half of Burnley's, well, just under half of Burnley's. Not that far under half of Fulham's. You know? mm. And same with Newcastle. So 
it's really weird to me that Fulham is rele- relegation fodder. Like they've actually got the richest owner in yeah, yeah. the Premiership with Shahid Khan, um, and he's the the kind of guy, guy who tries to buy Wembley Stadium. You know, yeah. like he's uh, that level of rich. Um, so there's no reason, like, yes, he has to go with financial fair play and all this other stuff. And he's doing a lot of work to rebuild the infrastructure around Fulham to keep it sustainable and running well. But Fulham should not be a yo-yo club. Fulham should be like a comfortable... I'm not saying Fulham has to be competing for premierships because it, that game has changed now because of financial fair play. And, you know, he okay, he's the second richest owner because, you know, the oil sheikhs who own Manchester City are obviously the richest owners. Apart from Manchester City, he can compete with everyone yeah. money-wise. Easy. And easy, easy. Uh, while Fulham doesn't generate the kind of income that uh, a club like United do, they're still a club in London. Yeah. Like... Uh, and uh, they could uh, another 10k people uh, for their stadiums will give the, would give them extra income. Yeah, sure. We are in times of COVID, and probably maybe even this coming year will be in times of COVID. Maybe even all the way up to the end of next season. Yeah. But uh, I mean, obviously, touch wood, no. But I'm just <laughs> saying that's what all the experts seem to think about vaccinations and effectiveness, it's, blah, blah, blah. People who are more knowledgeable about these things than I am. Yeah, exactly. It's, seem, I mean, to, seem to say the, uh, seem to think that it's middle of next year before we get open travel and, nor, you know, was, going back to what our new normal will be. Yeah, well, you've got to have enough time to actually get, even if we get the vaccines, you've got to get through the vaccination program. Um, yep. So that just takes time. Of, in terms of sport, it may be, you know, another season again. Yes. And, you know, uh, touch wood, we don't get another infectious strain or something yeah. like that. This is like, people seem to think optimistically mid next year. Um, yeah. But like, And I'm just going to assume they're correct yeah, at yeah. this point. Same, um, same. You know, Fulham's probably wasted the last five years. They should have been an established premiership club by this point. They shouldn't be relegation fodder. They should have enough good players. They should have enough people coming up through their academy to support them. Yeah, and, yeah. And they live in the part of London where you get all the players. Like, that's where the marshes are. That's where people go to practice. And well, they're just down the road from Chelsea. I mean, yeah. So. Yeah, they're, um, they're just down the road from Chelsea. They have a very loyal fan base yeah. and everything. Like, um, they just need to have a really... And look, Ch- nobody's going to compete with Chelsea's academy system. It is the best in the world. Yeah. That is... And uh, but you know they can be just as good as a club like Arsenal or Spurs are. Yeah, for that matter, all the all or West Ham for that matter, all the London clubs have a great youth system. Yeah, and and going back to the the stadium, our mutual orange head Holland loving friend uh, from living in London, it was a while back. But he did say that Craven Cottage was by far the best stadium in London to go to, and football stadium in London to go to for regular. Saturday, Sunday football, he, he far preferred going to Fulham and, and to, um, to watch there. He said it was really nice. It's so smooth to get in and out of everything. It had the best views and everything. So He, he told me the same thing as well, yeah. but a lot of people who also live in London have been telling me in the last few years, Crystal Palace has been taking the cult. Yeah, yeah. Like this is the spot where if you're an outsider for, in London, which a lot of Londoners are, 
and you don't support one of the London clubs, you have a season ticket pass to Sellers Park at Crystal, pa- Crystal Palace. Yeah. Because the atmosphere is great. Um, oh, the fans are like loud. They're festive. And unless it's a Brighton game, there's not really that much trouble. Yeah. Um, it's in South London, which is a pain for a lot of people to get to. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a reasonably way in South London as well, isn't it? If I remember correctly from... Yes. So yeah, that would be a bit of a pain to get to for most. But a lot of people do, and a lot of people like being Crystal Palace fans. Not it's, like, you know, at least a casual Crystal Palace yeah. fan. So this is, and Crystal Palace's owners are nowhere near as rich as Fulham's. Like, they've just got a good setup. If Fulham had, part of that would be that Crystal Palace has been in the Premier League for the last five or six seasons yes. fairly consistently. Fulham has not. Yeah. If Fulham had exactly. been, I would suspect that they would have kept that sort of, you know, you say that cult following. Mm. Because... Fulham is easier, you know, Craven Cottage is easier to get to than Sellers yeah. Park. It's, you know, the games, as I understand it, are just as nice and it's, you know, viewing and experience is pretty good and the, the fans have always, you say, it's loyal following so they're, and they're really good as well. So I think that just shows the difference of staying in the Premier League versus dropping out is that you collect those fans. You Therefore you can keep those gate tickets and merchandise sale and all the rest and it just shows the big drop going down to the championship. Absolutely. And, you know, they have to get this window because you, there's not, there are a few clubs in the um, championship in London that could because, could sort of establish themselves as regulars. There's Brentford, there's QPR. Yeah. Who, like, okay, Brentford doesn't have a rich owner, but QPR do. Yeah. Um, and they're both in East London. Like that is the like um, that is a crowded area, which can um, which could easily get to you know get even more crowded. Uh, so they need to you know kind of get up there. Like there's obviously there's certain clubs that are always going to be in the ch- championship or always be a yo-yo club. Like if Millwall get promoted to the <laughs> Premiership. I don't think they're staying up there, no. and I don't think a club like the fans of Millwall want to be in the Premiership time like they like the championship yeah yeah it would and they like being like established and being in the championship um but you know brentford are ambitious qpr should be ambitious if they're not and so fulham need to be equally ambitious or you know it's a crowded marketplace in london yeah well definitely that that is the thing is that there are lots of clubs there as you say yeah um Lots of Premier League clubs, plenty of 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 lower league clubs as well. Um, if people need to want to pick that up, so yeah, if you you're whilst you're in a a large market, you it is a crowded market. Um, but we'll see. Like yeah. it's one of the problem with American owners, even though he's a Pakistani American. You know, Pakistan's not a football country either. No, like, no, 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 no. unfortunately for Fulham fans. Um, and with, I think, Shahid Khan, if he eventually does get his NFL franchise in London, he may not even care about Fulham anymore. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think it's a waste because, you know, Fulham could even be like a regular Europa team. And, you yeah. know, being a team that regularly competes in the Europa League, that's going to be a thing. That's going to be a decent source of income for because I don't think any team can guarantee a top four position in the Premiership anymore coming into the next decade, other than Manchester City, who just have all the money. Yeah, yeah. Even Liverpool, even United, and heck, United have shown this decade, the yeah. past decade, that 
they're not guaranteed a spot. Um, I think even um, City, even with all the money, they can't get yeah. all the talent. You know, with FBA, they can't get all the talent. So they can't get all the talent, they, but they do have a very good academy. System. They don't. I mean, I would be surprised if they even didn't make top four. I mean, every team can have a bad season. Yeah. I'm not saying. But, you know, we should always be expecting City to be be top four yeah, and yeah. be in the Champions League spot. Yes. Okay, Other yeah. than everybody else, we're like, oh, yeah, I'm not surprised that they're not. If you told me 2023 City didn't qualify for the Champions League, we'd be, like, shocked. Yeah. It's not impossible, but we're shocked. Whereas, like, other teams would be like, yeah, okay, that's feasible. feasible like, yeah. We've all had yo-yo seasons in recent memory. Yeah, fair And fair it's fair very course. competitive. Yeah, yeah. And at some point, there's the diminishing returns on what you can do with the best players. There's a lot of really good players, and you can only have 11 players on the pitch. Oh, exactly. And, and as the beginning yeah. of the season showed, you know, even City's not immune to injury woes either. So Yes, yes um, absolutely. Whilst they've managed to pull that all back, um, you know, very well. <laughs> but, yeah, but... Also, they've been lucky this season that everybody else ahead of them yeah. have all dropped form at some point in this season. Well, I think it's it's lucky for them that the season they had the big injury woes and had a poor start. It wasn't so much everybody else had poor form, though that was also true. But everybody else was beating each other as well. Like there was no, there wasn't. It was, it's been a seven, eight, nine, ten headed race just about mm. the whole way through, really. 7 through 10, perhaps, have always been a bit out of the thing. But since, I mean, Chelsea was up first or second before Christmas, and now we're eighth. You know? It's, it's yep. not a... Everton was leading for a reasonable amount of time at the beginning of the season. Oh, yeah. six. And they looked very good, very yep. comfortably good. Southampton um, was looking strong. They, were, they looked fairly comfort, comfortable in the top four, and now they're down to ninth. So, yeah, it's... it's uh, look, Everton's time might come back. They yep. have two games in hand over Leicester. Um... They're only, and if they win both those games, and uh, they are on equal points with Leicester. So they're not out of it by oh. any stretch of the imagination. I, and we also, like we said, you know, a, a manager who's won the Premiership before, who knew he knows how to coach in the Premiership? <laughs> like, yeah, who would have known? <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I look at it. I, even though Arsenal, say, is 11 points off and without games in hand, actually, maybe Aston Villa's the. But that's different reasons why they've lost so many games. But, like, that's only 11 points. That has been hauled back in in previous seasons from this point in the season. Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's oh, not oh, usual. Uh, famously, but... Manchester United overhauled a 14-point lead against Newcastle in exactly. the 96-97 season. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's, it's... I look at that and say the top 10 are theoretically in this. I mean, even top 11 because, say, Aston Villa's got like four games in hand but that's the COVID um, so we may have to just ignore that because there's no guarantees they'll win all those games um, and, yeah. that's... and I think the other part we have to say the elephant in the room COVID yeah. is going to play a role like there's oh. going to be players missing due to co- catching COVID and having to go into like quarantine etc etc yeah, yeah. and touch on that's as far as it goes with players um and like staff and yeah, yeah and heck we may i hope it doesn't happen we may get, even get to the point where clubs have to forfeit games just because of covid and they can't well, just put a team out yeah well that's that's where aston villa is almost at i mean at the moment they 
possibly it's still enough time to you know replay the four games they've got but at some point you know that's that's a lot of games they're only yeah officially done but 15 lose, games so especially if they lose Jack Grealish to United or another club yeah um, they'd be foolish to sell Jack Grealish in this window. I'm 100% don't no, think no. they will. No, that's, um, that's, yeah. Given the how things are gone, that's just not. But yeah, and, they've just got to pack a lot of games in and I think, yeah, they've had COVID and COVID-19 among the ranks, so that's what's pushed off some of those games that uh, whether that's contained or not, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, but, um, I mean... They look like the team that's most affected at the moment, which could be sad. Um, yeah, yeah. Now, see. at this point, uh, I think it's time for us to have way too early predictions for the uh, uh, for the end of the season because we're pretty much at the halfway point. Teams are leading up to getting to their nineteenth game. Yeah. All right. Who do you say? Who will finish top four? Um. I'm going to put it on the line and, and, and predict Leicester City to win it this year. Just going yep, to say, I agree. Probably... Leicester City wins it. <laughs> I, I also concur with that. Um, I think City will be second. Yep. I um, agree. I think you guys will be fourth or uh, third. I think you'll manage to, yep. to hold on. I think so too. I and I'm going so to be very overly optimistic and think Chelsea gets back to fourth. <laughs> Just. This is where I will differ from you. And yes. I think. Uh, Liverpool, just because they've been getting injuries and they have key injuries in key areas, um, Virgil van Dijk's not coming back anytime soon. Um, and I think uh, they've just shown uh, their goals have dried up. Like They've just lost form in the offensive third um, this season. Um, I can't explain it, um, but some, it's there. Everybody who watches them play can see it. Um, we don't know why. I, like I said, I can't explain why it's there, but it's there. Um, so I think Spurs are going to sneak ahead of them. Mourinho will get Spurs to fourth. Um, but I would not be surprised if Liverpool won the Champions League and still went to the Champions League next season. Yeah, yeah. This is the season to do it because Madrid and Barca are in terrible form. Um, yeah, sure. Bayern is the team to beat for everybody, but we haven't had a back-to-back Champions League winner in ages that yeah, yeah. isn't named Real Madrid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And to be fair, Bayern's it's the same every year. They always look ridiculously strong in the Champions League. So yeah, Barca's not unstoppable. Real Madrid's not unstoppable. Definitely not. Uh, this year, you so. know, PSG are not unstoppable. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, especially this year, they're looking all of them. I mean, PSG mm. may be less so than the other two this year. Um, but at the same time, you know. PSG have never managed, for whatever reasons, to be able to put together the whole season for the Champions League anyway, so... Yeah. Yeah. If it's not Bayern, any other team can win. Like, yeah. that's what I'm saying. I just still think Bayern are favourites for Champions League. Oh, no, League. definitely. Um, so, who do you... If Chelsea sneak in uh, to fourth, in your opinion, who gets fifth? Spurs or Liverpool? I think I might go with you that Spurs, Spurs hold fifth and Liverpool drop further. You're right. I think we said, you know, they have a very light squad. Injuries would ruin them, mm. and they start to pick up those key injuries, and they don't have the cover for it. I actually think that Everton will finish fifth. I think Liverpool might finish as low as sixth this season, just because yeah. how bad the injuries have ravaged that squad. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
they're not bad players. They're not a bad team. And Klopp is by no means a bad coach. But, you know, you get these seasons where you just don't have the bodies. And if COVID affects either, uh, affects Liverpool, things are going to be bad for them. Yeah. I think you may be right. If Liverpool keep getting any more injuries, Everton look stronger, look deeper. Mm. Um, and they're currently very good form. They say they're got two games at hand, which is the two games between them and Leicester at the moment. Yeah. So, and they've been winning. They've won four of their last five. So it's not like they are um, out of form. Whilst, you say, Liverpool being struggling to win. Um, yeah. I mean, Everton did drop it. The game they did drop was against um, West Ham. But such is life sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so they're looking... Looking strong. I mean, West Ham's in seventh, and they're looking strong as well. They've won three of the last five with two draws. They've lost in five games, possibly more. So yeah, so they're they're also looking good. But I think I might agree with you that it's quite possible that Everton finishes above Liverpool. Yeah, because I could see Liverpool's defense getting weaker and weaker as the yeah. as the season progresses. I don't think their offense will stall like they have all through the season. Yeah. But I don't know when they're going to get out of it because I don't know what's causing it. You know, like it's one of those things. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. It's, it's hard to know, but especially the last little bit, they're yeah, just not looking very good at all. Go back. Yeah. Go back. Yeah, just before Christmas. But I don't to think they're going to fall below sixth. I think they will get at least sixth if. Like that's my predicted position, sixth place mm. for Liverpool, and I will say Chelsea gets the seventh place and gets the Europa spot over West Ham. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I think maybe my prediction: Liverpool's dropping the seventh with Everton at sixth. Though I think those that might go the, either way around, and then you have West Ham underneath that. Okay. Now, other side of the table, relegation. I think we've both agree. Sorry, West Brom and Sheffield United, yeah. yes, out of it. They're out of it. I predicted uh, Fulham to get out. I, I'm gonna. I don't like saying it, but I guess because I picked Fulham to get promoted, and I I never bet against Sean Dyche. I think Brighton are the team, like back to back seasons of South Coast teams getting relegated. Yeah, I mean, possible. I'm. I look at it and just think. Fulham, they don't have the points. It, it's, I mean, they have been picking up draws, but I think the bottom, th- the current bottom three are just going to stay there. I, I don't see them, any of them being able to pick it up. I think the ones just above them, Burnley, Brighton, Newcastle, even Wolves, um, who are, should be far enough out to and good enough team to be kept out of that battle. They've got the experience over Fulham for this. Yep. They've, and I think they've got better teams as well in terms of of, of personnel. So I, I, yeah, I see. I don't see Fulham being able to pull it back. I mean, I know they've got the two games in hand over Brighton and Newcastle, or one game over Newcastle. But I just, yeah, I just don't really see it. that. To me, that just means they have to play more games in a shorter amount of time. Yeah. Um. Which. Yeah. When you're doing a relegation battle, that's less than ideal. You really need yeah. having those rest periods and get everybody back. You want you want your team, you want everything solid, and you want the rest preparation each time to be nice and steady and get through and, and be able to to grind out results, keeping the keeping the flow and having to 
pop in mid-game weeks and all the rest just sort of really, in, in short turnarounds, can, can disrupt that. I think it's, also it's a positive Fulham's that's, that's potentially putting them on 18 points, which puts them above Brighton. In terms of the relegation battle, I think it's going to be more of a negative than a positive for them. Uh, fair enough. I see where you're coming from. Like, obviously, I've made my picks. So I can't <laughs> change things now. That that this. So we're both going to have the bottom and the top. Have our our one team difference, basically. But yeah, I think that's all we have time for today. Thank you very much for listening to us. We hope it was entertaining. Um, once again, happy New Year and good luck with the rest of your year. See ya. Bye. Catch you next time. Жилеты, все парни одеты стильно В квартире нету места И так много красивых Эй, девчонки Ну что вы там в сторонке Завидные ребята Ночка будет долгой Ну что за стиль? Ну что за стиль или наука? Не качает музло, если нам не нравишься подруга У нас на паузу никак не тянется рука Заработал 30к